finished Harmony. This is moments after finishing Harmony. I'm emotional. I'm so emotional. I can't believe it's over. I've been dreading this all week. I'm so sorry. There's something about a D&D &D campaign where, like, it doesn't feel like it's ever going to end. Especially in the beginning, it's like, oh, we have a million things to accomplish. This is going to stretch into infinity. Mm -hmm. And then you finish it and you're like, what the fuck do I do with my life now? Yeah, <laughs> even the only thing that's been giving me purpose for, like, eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> even in the last, like, two or three sessions, I've been like, oh, that's infinite time left to just be auto. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I'd like Portia that much. <laughs> I know that's a good, very relatable. Guys, this was your first ever long form campaign, and for a couple of you, it was the first time ever creating a character. Yeah, like mm -hmm. that's got to be weird going from like knowing nothing to like understanding the rules of the game and having this character that you created when you knew nothing. Yeah, it's really, really scary. <laughs> So Matt asked this after one thing, and I was dying to know, and I knew we were going to save this for, like, the last table talk. Did you have, and like, us in mind for each item, like, each relic? Did you mm. have, like, it in mind, like, who each relic was going to go to? Oh, yeah. Initially, yes. When I first wrote it, I, that was one of the very, very first things that I wrote. I wrote this campaign that included um, while we were still playing Dragon of Ice Pirate Peak, the, the Essentials Kit book. Um, so initially I had each of you in mind for one of the relics, but as we played and as you all showed so much versatility, it made more and more sense that that wouldn't work. Um, so I kind of just gave each of them characteristics, which you all would have heard and interacted with when you went through your, your uh, dream sequences um, and kind of just laid those out so that I could leave it up to you to decide what you each felt you demonstrated the most. So I kind of, at okay. a point, I kind of decided that it didn't make sense for me to assign deem, it. Yeah, deem you worthy of one thing and that's it, but rather for to give you the opportunity to look back on the campaign and decide what you demonstrated the most of. Okay. Which wasn't really, I don't really think Fair that's enough. how it played out. I think you each just said, like, I like this one. Which is fine. Fair. They were versatile. It made sense the way you which, picked them. Which relics did you have assigned to which person? Uh, the gauntlet was always Portia. Oh, yes. Hold on, let me open it back up. Uh, the Amulet of Ignition was either Otto or Melody. The Tempest Rod was Melody or Otto also. Oh. The Guardian's mm. Gauntlet was Portia, and the Diadem was for Fenian. Huh. Wow. Oh. But like I said, it just came to a point where anyone could take anything and it would have made yeah. sense. We done switched it up on them. Yeah, I'm glad. I think it makes a lot more sense for you to have picked the ones that made sense for you because I don't play your characters. You do, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just definitely wanted to ask that because I remember like Portia putting on the gauntlet and it fitting her perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That yeah, makes I sense. Now that you say that, I also remember, like, I re-listened to that one and was like, oh, we're going to get the answer to that soon. Yeah. <laughs> we sure did. And we did. sure did. What's, uh, of the last few sessions and therefore arcs that we did, what was the most surprising for you guys? What kind of came out of the blue for you? 
It was very narrative heavy these last few sessions, I feel like. Yeah, well, I said this before, but I thought that when Asian came into the foreground, he was going to be a good guy, which is stupid. I don't know why I thought that. It's just like, that's what I thought. I thought he was going to like bring new information that was going to make us be like, oh, I don't trust Morgana. Or like, not even necessarily that, just like, oh, I don't, like, you know, something we thought was incorrect or something. Mm-hmm. But alas. We've talked about it before, but um, like our one-shots of like, not one-shots, but... Mm, your one-on-one um, sequences. Yeah, that was very surprising. Yeah, I would say the one-shots were also one of my more surprising things, too. I just didn't expect those. Mm. But I liked them. It was one of my it. favorite things to listen to. That's good to hear. I had a realization. I know we were talking about um, the thing about, like, we were supposed to meet Melody when one of us died. Oh. Oh, creation? With Ula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And how you're going after Melody. I remembered when we were, like, in the middle of that fight, being like, oh, my God, she's really gunning for one of us. And being like, why is she, like, going so hard? (laughs) And I I didn't understand. And I totally forgot about that until, like, yesterday. How I was like, geez. Uh, Who's got it out for one of us? For those of you who were not there for that conversation, uh, we talked about it yesterday. But um, during the fight with Ula, my goal was to kill one of you because that was when I had initially wanted to introduce you to creation. Creation was going to bring one of you back. Oh, wow. Man. But you you know could have I mean? killed me. I could have killed you, and it would have been fine. But I remember now, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> we are <That's> newbies. <laughs> I was surprised by... I feel like Fenian took very little damage over the course of this campaign. Mm. I don't know if everybody else took very little. Like, I was... I don't I don't feel Fenian was ever close to dying. I almost died twice, so <laughs> Yeah, Fenian, you made death saves, I remember. Once. No, that was only in the, was in the beginning, book. yeah, during book, yeah. um Dragon of Ice Fire Peak. Oh. After that, he learned how to play the game and became OP, so <laughs> Lies. Same. Sorcerers just have wild spells. Uh yeah, what was what was each of your like favorite part about playing the class that you got to play? Oh my god, I don't even want to learn a new class because I love Bard I know. so much. <laughs> I had a good time with my sorcerer. I know you did. <laughs> I, well, I've, played, I've played a barbarian before. He was fun. Like, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. But there's something about magic in this game that just hits different than melee. Magic yeah, is absolutely. fun as fuck in this game. Yeah. I don't think I really lived up to my rogue class at all but and i and it wasn't until i became like an arcane trickster and my like roguish archetype that i really loved playing because mm-hmm. so i like the magic do you think that that'll push you towards playing an actual magic user in the next campaign yeah definitely mm. in terms of like the class arc the highlight was making the decision to spend that hot Two ninety nine digital on D and D Beyond to get the Beastmaster <laughs> add on, so that I could play Terry Crews. Nice, that's amazing. 
Um, Terry Crews was a good addition. I loved the Jack of all trades feature for Bard. uh, Because it just like, there's so many things that like, you know, Mike can see over my shoulder and stuff like persuasion. I have a plus 15. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, her. her. Amazing. And like my performance is high. My nature is high. Like I have like a ton of things that are high. She's so busted. It's all fucked up. My skills, like I have a lot going on, and it's because I'm a bard. And oh also, like because because Jamie like upped our nature during the game. Melody has a plus twelve. Does that make sense to you now? Why I did that? Yeah. Yeah. I love totally. it. Totally, I love it. Obviously, being the first campaign I've ever written, it has so much room for improvement and i'm sure eventually when we're a little bit better at the game and have played a bit more we'll look back and i'll i'll think like i mean there are already things that i look back when i'm editing and i'm like oh i did this the completely wrong way or i totally should have written this encounter in a different way but um i think as far as first campaign goes i think i will always be proud of this one. Oh yeah absolutely you and thank be. you for doing yeah. it of course it's so it. fun i was so yeah, reluctant to dm i only dm'd because i was the one with the most time on my hands and the one who wanted to play the most, but I genuinely love it. Yay. I'm glad. So fun. Yeah, Jamie, if you had set the bar lower, I might be more interested in trying it. I'm too scared because you set the bar so high. (laughs) Uh, Try it with a book. See how you like it. All right. Uh, Yeah, you guys have all listened to some D&D podcasts and seen other people play D&D. Super self-indulgent question but in comparison to other people that you've seen dm did i completely change the game or am i have i fared pretty well you fared well, excellently that yeah. honestly for me that depends on uh, what kind of amiibos you can fit in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> oh man all my wow. amiibos are across the room and if i didn't have a broken ankle i would go get one and try to fit one in my mouth <laughs> Jesus Christ. oh my god Oh, God. No, I feel like you did an excellent job, especially yeah. with all your voices and all of your <sighs> NPC conversations between yourselves. <laughs> agonizing. Much appreciated. They were agonizing. It's my favorite part. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. it brings you joy through my discomfort. <laughs> Honestly, by the time you get, by the time you even got around to introducing Sisbiv, it was already clear, like, okay. This girl was born to DM because just yeah. voices alone, like, <laughs> who else think, can bring it? I think before even before we even like jumped into the homebrew, when we were still doing the books, and I was like kind of testing the waters with how how insane I kind of wanted to go with the NPCs, and then you got to Nomengrade and met Penelope. That's when all oh. all hell broke loose. There was no fucking cap on that bottle anymore. Heck yeah. Uh, who was overall throughout the entire campaign? You can't say Ander. Uh, who, which, which NPC did you like the most, for any reason? I love to hate Sisbiv. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I do have a special heart, a place in my heart for Genji. Oh yeah. In general. Honestly, I was gonna say. Oh man. I was gonna say Benji, like. <laughs> What's up? Something about Benji. What's up? What's up? What's up? up, up, He's like a fulcrum in my head. Like the story (laughs) balances on him, you know. I was a big fan of Hanko Mankus, my boy from Rosemont. 
your boy, boy. from Rosemont. That's that guy. your I was a, boy. I was a big fan of him. That's my boy. That's yep. your boy. Wolverine you guys, is in it. Were you guys surprised that um, I I brought back all of your the people that you saved and befriended? Yes. Yes. Oh, that oh like the Pegasus. That felt very uh, end game moment in yeah, my mind. I pictured much. it very end game, like all the Pegasus especially just like showing up. It was also like ready that. to kick ass. Narratively, it was like a big vindication of like. Yeah, you guys always like self-deprecatingly <laughs> joke about your war crimes, but you have done a yeah, couple you've, of like, decent made things. Some friends. You helped a lot of people you throughout sure your thing. I had we to did. keep a long tally of all of the people that you helped. Patrick, we're going oh, to like that. But first oh shit, was uh oh my god, who is the fire Genesi uh that we Oh, the Supreme Heat. Oh, uh, no, oh, the Was yeah. Rapsilia there or was she not there? Did she refuse our call? <laughs> she could not be bothered. She you didn't guys. see her there. Ah, damn. Ah. I'll take that as a hint. <laughs> but our weird little fire elemental children friends helped, I so that is true. Junip. As to Thanks, the Supreme Junip Heat. and whatever your other friend's name was. Oh man, what a fun campaign! I loved it. I it was I can't fun. I believe Derek show his fucking face at the end. <laughs> hey, listen, Nerd. we ripped those tongues right out. You did. Uh, I loved Four it. Four crimes, baby. Yeah, I killed Derek. Did I not? You did murder Derek. You did. We told him if we ever saw his fucking face again. You're right. You did tell him that. Wow. All right, I loved it. Uh, I think. Next, we we're not going to do another table talk on this campaign for a long time because I want to wait until that the last couple episodes of the campaign are actually airing okay. um, and then get our like we've had some time away from it reaction. So you guys have maybe heard the whole podcast and yeah. can reflect. Sounds good. Perfect. I love Sick. that. I think right. it'll be good. It was so good you guys i loved I it, it. So i'm wait, so sad we, gotta... we couldn't play together in person i know i know i wish we had been able to finish this campaign together <laughs> we saved the world guys yeah you we saved did. the world the worlds the planes the realities lightness and darkness I miss it. How did that make you I feel? I also miss it. Important. <laughs> <laughs> the listener will have just heard you guys talking about it immediately after playing it. So I'm curious to see the difference between like how you feel now that we're like, I feel like maybe over a month away from it and also having heard the finale in like a narrative setting um, as compared to having just played it. <laughs> I... Like, the ending was so satisfying when we so played wholesome. it and also listening to it. It, like, it it was just such a good ending to the campaign. Everything tied together so well. Yeah. I'm glad. I feel like the podcast, to me, feels sometimes like a really professionally edited home movie. Where I'm like, <laughs> I remember this fondly because I lived it, but I'm not sure. Like, it's like cleaned up in the packaging. Like, 
it's hard for me to imagine listening to it without also having lived it, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. I do yeah, find sometimes myself... like... Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, sometimes, like, I have this really weird, like, deja vu experience with the podcast. Like, in the finale, when uh, <laughs> you said that, like, Fetty and I could see... Uh, Oh, what was Asian's brother's name? Uh, Favier. So short-lived. Favier. Favier, yeah. Uh, Favier was, like, clinging to the back of Asian. Like, he's not alone. And, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, it's like The Conjuring. And then I just hear myself pop, pop, pipe up yes. in the podcast. Oh, my God, it's like The Conjuring. <laughs> he's a conjuring it's so dude. weird when that happens. He's a Conjuring demon. He's conjuring. See, I listen, I listen to the podcast, like, eight times before it ever even gets to iTunes. So... I don't have that anymore. <laughs> At some point, I just sort of memorize what everyone says. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a lot. Victor Crumb D and all. Oh my god, I laughed Crumb so Crumb. hard. I'm not gonna lie. In the finale, I really cringed at myself when I said "finger of death." Sounds like <laughs> my <laughs> ex-girlfriend. Like, yes. I was like, I should text those women and apologize. <laughs> Individually. <laughs> I think an apology months after after it happening would be somewhat worse. Uh, on a pod, like on the fucking on a podcast. No, I don't listen to don't your listen podcast, to Michael. Weirdo. <laughs> god so right off the bat what did you guys think of like playing it versus listening to it i know you said that it it tied together well and it ended but like was it as like exciting as when you played it because to be fair i cut out a lot of table talk from the the final episode because i didn't want that battle to be three hours long um so i was gonna well, it's hard to like judge it because like listening yeah. back, we already know what's going to happen mm. while you're playing it. There's a level of uncertainty to it, mm. and like when like in the last episode when I was like, "Hold up the relics," I was like, "I'm I'm either gonna look like such a dumbass or this is gonna work." So like <laughs> listening back to it, I was like, "Oh, okay, it works. It's everything's fine." But in the moment, I was like, "Oh no, this is about to be so yeah. cringy." <laughs> so there's a lot of that that just makes it more enjoyable to listen to. Little did you know, you changed my mind, and the key was friendship. The key was friendship. <laughs> we also changed your mind, and the crux of the story hung on the NPC that you did not want to survive past the first, like, three episodes. Yeah, I did kill that boy. Don't kill that boy. I brought it back. You're right. You're right. It kind of um, counts if someone no, murders you. No, you brought him back to life. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I love to bring you back. Loved re-listening to that because no, it was but, just like all of our individual reactions. Like, Jamie, no. Yeah. Like, soon, he's hanging by Terry Cruz's little foot. Aww. Jamie, can you Jamie, stop? stop it. We all sounded uh, like parents. This is a good this moment. This isn't funny anymore. <laughs> one of the questions we got from Stephanie is, um, if you could change one thing that happened in this campaign, what would you change? I felt like that might been might have been some of your answers, but if it's not, I think it was necessary. As much as I was like, "Don't do it," yeah, yeah. I thought it was a yeah. I mean, a good oh, moment. It created a very climactic moment. Yeah. If anything, I would have changed. I would have made 
and or more active throughout the campaign because like I was listening to the finale and you were like, oh, Cal's been training him on the short sword. And I was like, well, that's his father's job. Like, why the fuck <laughs> did she get to do that? Like, I feel like we could have, you would have hated it, but we could have dragged him along more and been like, Jamie, do the voice. Then I would have like had to keep like leveling up <laughs> this NPC along with you guys. <laughs> it was important. Jamie to just us. would have straight killed him and not brought him back. <laughs> was Sorry, there? Matt. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. I'm... I don't know what I was gonna say. Oh, I'm trying to think of anything else that I would change. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, I think I've expressed this to you, Jamie. I don't think I've mentioned this to anybody else. And this is strictly as like a a thematic point and not because I'm a cruel human. I kind of wanted Ander to stay dead. Cause, and I only say that because there weren't like a ton of casualties on the behalf of Omission. So I feel like him being like... Not to call him a martyr, but to, like, martyr Ander would have been, like, heavy. I would have felt that. I didn't know if our first campaign should be so heavy. But I will tell you... I definitely disagree. (laughs) I feel like I loved the wholesome ending. I loved Ander coming back and being like, thanks for coming to my party. For what it's worth, that was ending B. Ending B? Ending A was a five-year memorial for whoever did die. Yeah. Oh. See, yeah. I prefer ending B. Yeah. Ending B was good. <laughs> maybe the next one can have a memorial. Yeah. Or maybe if we played this campaign at a time when the actual real world was it wasn't collapsing, collapsing yeah. around us. <laughs> Fair point. Yikes. Yeah. Don't take this from us. Yeah, I, I guess one thing I would change is as much as Portia was a rogue, he didn't do many roguish things. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's something I would change and what I've taken into consideration for the next round of like what I want to play. Mm. Yeah. Love that. That's a good point. Lean more into your class. Yeah. Love that. Along the same lines, actually, I was thinking like something I would do differently on the technical side is like maybe take more feats and less uh, points because I just noticed listening back like the way we played, we got way more mileage out of the feats. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's just one of those things that's, like, learning how we as a group play is that, like, those are the kinds of things that make it fun and mm-hmm. surprising. Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, that's, that was one of the questions I think we got was how did 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 the attempted adventure cast change the way you think slash feel about D&D? And I think that goes along with what you just said, like, how you play it being able to listen back and hear how your decisions really actually affected your character's abilities in real time makes you kind of change how you think you'll play the next campaign. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, like, totally. Like, I don't know, because we played with other groups not recording it, and I'm like, I would almost wish we would record it, not to release as a podcast, but just so that I can, like, Monday morning football it like before the next session you know what i mean like right yeah it was nice like because obviously like the further we got along in the campaign and then we took some really long break it was like nice to listen to it leading up to us playing you know yeah Yeah. it was like always a good refresher depending on how far behind it was you know yeah definitely 
I feel like uh, for me too, it was nice to it was nice to have the narrative of what had already happened to kind of lean on as I wrote forward. Um, because I I definitely wrote it mostly to be fun to play, but also to be like. Like, there were a lot of secrets and clues and stuff that, like, as I was writing them, I was like, either the players could get this or the audience could get this, and it could frustrate the players to no end. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Yeah. But it would be funny. Can we just can we just jump to the most important question here? Yeah. If there was an attempted adventure movie, who would you want to play your characters? <laughs> Ooh, Who's that from? It's such a good question. From Nicole. Oh, from Nicole. Yeah. Who? What do you think? Someone terribly awkward. Well, we already. I feel like there was somebody said Melissa McCarthy for Portia. No, no for we Cal. established. Mac- was... Yeah, for Cal. Oh, oh for yes, Cal. we established McCarthy that for very Cal. early on. You're right. That was early. So good, though. <laughs> I want to say I... maybe like. Kristen Stewart for Portia. Oh my God! Wow. Yes. <laughs> Shrunk down, Love like it. hobbited Kristen Stewart. Yeah. The low charisma, With so good. I think Michael Sarah should play Portia. That's also fair. Portia. I yeah. understand. We're like Jonah Hill. <laughs> wow. Josh Gad. Yes, all good. Oh my god! I have so many, but it doesn't matter because they'd all, you know, Otto's a dragon man, so you wouldn't actually see. Oh yeah. But in spirit, I still feel like he might be like a Venom Tom Hardy, you know? Ooh. Hmm. Like mad, dig that fucking Dave Matthews Band bracelets all up his <laughs> arm for no reason. Ugh! <laughs> I want that babe from Midsummer to. Play Melody. Oh, Florence. Yes. Like, I love Ronan. her. I kind of see, see Otto as like a Paul Rudd type. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I love yeah. Jason Sudeikis. God. Oh. Fennian would just be like a Timothy Chalamet. Tom Holland. Oh, yeah. Tom Holland would be a good Fennian. Yeah. Tom, Tom Holland yeah. would be, be a fun Fennian. Tom Holland would be Ander. I'll tell you what. We can have. We can have. Um, oh my god! I can't think of his name. Never mind. Whoops. Who is Finn it? Wolfhard as Ander. No. That's also good. That's a good one. No, the Eddie Nicholas Cage as Fenian. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage Love cannot it. be Fenian. I Terrifying. feel like no. he would, he's the only one who could do a weird enough job to do Fenny. Wow. <laughs> His voice doing that. it the whole time would be. Exactly. No, Primo. I hate it. Stunning. Wait, have you guys seen the fantastically bad 1997 film Spawn? No. 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 That, who's the fucking guy who plays the clown? Oh, God. Uh, that's Fenny and no oh no shit god damn it it's like i have to check you like know him from a million other things but you don't know that he actually played a psycho clown john leguizamo yes john John leguizamo is absolutely allowed to be fenian (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah 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 that reads i get it are you seeing it yeah i'm seeing it jamie who would you cast as morgana 
Oh, who would I cast as Morgana? Tilda Swinton. Ooh. Tilda Swinton would be amazing. No, 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 no. Tilda Swinton as Olin Fair. Yes. I'm yes. kind of thinking oh, more like shit. more like Jamila Jamil. All right. Ooh. Oh, she'd be great. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something weird? Yes. Yeah. I, please. I don't know why, and I never even thought to voice this out loud, but whenever we were talking to Morgana, in my head I pictured Mirage from the first Incredibles movie. <laughs> Weird. Oh, wow. Even though I gave you a yeah. physical Joy. description of her and she's nothing like that. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. I pictured her like raven haired. I don't know why. Yeah. Like stringy I... raven hair and frazzled brunette was Me what I was Me thinking. Me too. Yeah. I don't know how I landed on that. <laughs> All right. You got some That's issues fine. to work out. Emma Watson. <laughs> No, right. too young. No, like Emma Watson. Hermione. Emma Watson is Penelope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. Oh man. Oh, oh Allison Brie is Portia. That's a hell Portia. of a cast. That ooh, Allison Brie would do a good Portia. Especially when you get the gauntlet at the end, because she's always punching the ground. You know. Heck yeah, she's a ground puncher. <gasps> Daniel Radcliffe is Roscoe. <gasps> Roscoe? Yes. The yeah. eccentric. Yeah. Say them. I get that. Oh yeah. Who's Ula? He has to wear the horn. Tilda Swinton. Yes. Okay. Tilda Swinton oh, is Ula. Also okay. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Again, Tilda Swinton it's her in a different outfit. Are we gonna cast we... every NPC? <laughs> it sounds like yeah, maybe actually. I will yeah, play. This is the rest fifth. of the episode. Yeah, this is like my fave thing to do. I'll play. Nation the Fear Bowl can be a sized up uh, Patrick Stewart or yes. Jason Segel. <laughs> Can't we um, just get Justin McElroy to play Asian? <laughs> Justin McElroy does not embody every fear bullock in every fantasy setting. Yeah, he does. Come on. All right. He well, does. you want to reach out? You want to reach out to him and ask? Hey. <laughs> no. Hey, we're fan casting a movie based on our D and D podcast. Would you like to be one of them? <laughs> no, I'm Nothing's afraid that he'll roast me. He will roast you. I fear the day the McElroys roast us. Oh, I'll be I so don't sad. think they will. It would be the best thing that could happen to us. Yeah, you're kind of right. That's All right, fair. this one's this one's from Erin. She says if uh, she wants to hear our favorite parts of the campaign to play slash DM. Ooh, let's see. I mean, war crimes. I was gonna oh, say that one too. God, it's so the true. battle with the hobgoblins was harder. the most fun part of this. I think was, to play. We were really feeling ourselves. We on were the in our prime. We I really were. We really did Probably bust laughing. in there and just say, "Do you want us to kill those guys? Because we really want did. to." <laughs> yeah, we did want to. We did. We didn't I have just a different answer. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I think. My favorite part to play was the Whispering Woods. Oh, really? It seems like oh. we had the most, the best combination of like knowing what we had to do, but not knowing exactly how we were going to do it. That was a fun session. And we were just like bopping along, you know? Mm -hmm. We were bopping. Also, Everstar, when we were trying to find a way to get into the party, was filled with so many good moments, like Melody, uh, like waving time. through Lots the window. Lots of hijinks. Yeah, and like us like <laughs> being super awkward to Finley and being like, hey, we totally have tickets, but also how do we do these things? <laughs> and like 
her being like but like uh, we have a ticket yeah we have tickets but also what's the security like like what's going on like all of that hygiene. i did laugh super hard listening to that i forgot all about that the tomfoolery in that well, arc was good it was really I good did, and being rats, I did appreciate. come on oh the rats were so fun oh my god oops that's actually sneaking around that castle was very enjoyable Mm -hmm. i think for me uh dming the elemental plane of fire was my favorite oh yeah oh for many reasons that was fine i kind of just like threw you guys in there with no rhyme or reason to get to the place and you just sort of had to happen upon someone talking about the battle bowl there was no like set way for me to tell you about the battle bowl but yeah and you said you had a lot of other like hooks for that yeah right? other I kinda, than the three i kind of put a lot of things around the city that you could have stumbled into at any time but there was no set way that you were gonna get to the battle bowl and of course three fire elemental youths was not the way that oh. i had intended for you <laughs> Loved them. Sneak into the battle bowl. Oh, good. Mustache. Good boys. Yeah. Like, imagine if we had gotten through that without the fake mustache bit. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It was really good. (laughs) Also, not to name every single part of every single arc of this campaign is like, well, actually, maybe my favorite part. But I did really like our last. the last arc where we were in that sort of sort of more desolate e ghosty town i thought the ambiance of that place was really really fun the it was creepy one. i agree yeah, that was cool i didn't intend it to and be so zombie there oh also light Hanko-Minkus was there yeah exactly yeah, just the light in a desolate town uh aaron also asked immediately following up on that question was what was your favorite war crime you did a lot Easy. of war crimes. <laughs> was... I did love in the finale when Portia just goes, I go and collect their tongues. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> we just all follow suit. We're just collecting tongues. What? And it's like, do you want to go talk to this deity now? I think that's the <laughs> darkest you... thing I've ever God. thought before. <laughs> we did that. D&D really does bring out the best and the worst. The worst. <laughs> that was the worst idea I've ever had. And now I have way to listen to it forever <laughs> but i think it was mike the first time that did no, it, it right? was definitely you no it was you you said wait a minute wait a minute are the orcs still here no no no. It, the first time we did it when we were oh, in yeah, the oh yeah it was mike he did it he did it to Darren. it was mike it was incredible because mike was talking about like and now I want him to talk like Ander. I cut off the tip of his tongue so he has a lisp. I was like, what is happening? Oh Which, God. if you think about it, is really fucked up because Ander wasn't there to witness it the first time. Mike just sort of did that out of, like, I don't know, some strange sort of solidarity. But when Portia did it, she did it before <laughs> Ander's half-dying eyes. You're right. Sorry, Ander. Like he had to, trophies. He had to witness he the demise of like twelve orcs because of his actions. Actually, I mean, they were dying anyway. Bad guys. Yeah, you're right. He loved it. Let's be real. What is he? Ten? I'm he was like cool twelve aunt. by then. Okay, also bef- even before that, Melody was like, We're taking one alive. 
Like, I knew it. Was, <laughs> no, like, we knew Send what we were doing. Send him back a message. We leave yeah, Derek we alive. A, I'm we taking the head and bringing it into town. <laughs> That's... <laughs> As we were walking into town, somebody says, Melody's swinging the head by the hair, and I almost <laughs> peed my pants laughing <laughs> at the image of you, like, twirling it, walking twirling. into town. It made me so He's happy. Ball it. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. That that one was good. That's a good... Um, Stunning. We got a question from Kelly that says, how much behind-the-scenes preparation goes into preparing your character for a night of play, and how much time does it take for the DM to prep? And, like, I will say that one war crimes arc I wrote within two hours at one in the morning the night before we played because I wasn't ready to move on to the next arc. Like, that was a filler side quest arc that was just supposed to take up your time on a night we had a session. Bro, and it you was did a brilliant. filler arc on us? I did a filler arc on you, but that You was... did a Naruto movie on us? <laughs> that wasn't a... It wasn't conducive to the rest of the way I wrote. I think I did a lot more prep for all of the other arcs. That was the only one where I kind of biffed it and you guys had a great time anyway. Conversely, I walked in with absolutely zero prep every single session and <laughs> yeah, just I was had say. a good time. That's not However, true. It depends how many I had to drink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how many natty seltzers I pulled out of the fridge. <laughs> Christ. Unless However we leveled long up. Jamie works on the arcs, that's how long I work on my character. It's it's an even split, even <laughs> Steven. I work just as hard as she does. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny because simultaneously while we were playing this campaign, I also started a campaign for a bunch of my coworkers who had never played, except for one guy who had played in the 80s. And uh, they did more character preparation than you guys did. Like, he would email me, like, once a week to, like... Because he was multi-classing, and he would email me and being like, is this okay? Like, we can work on this together before the thing goes. And I was like, damn, like, you're a real D&D player. <laughs> I'd like oh, to yeah, have yeah. a big character. When we leveled up, we did stuff. I know, yeah, that's the yeah. only there's thing I was like, thinking. There's not a whole lot you can do with your character outside of the game unless you've leveled up. Like, you can't really change anything after you've started. Yeah. Totally. But I would say I did, like... Fuck you, Jamie. I... I just got your Snapchat. <laughs> it would be, like... I'd say, like, an hour of just, like, leveling up. Because, like, you have to, like, choose feats. Or you, like, like learn new spells and stuff and what they did. And, like, I'd write that stuff down. But I would say it's no more than an hour every time we leveled up. Yeah. Goes to show how much you care about your characters. I care very much. Plus, you got to factor in a little bit of time for um, D and D Beyond maintenance because you got to go in and like reset all your spell slots, make Mm. sure your HP is like back to normal and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Okay, this actually is the best one for me to read. Uh, If the rest of you guys could have a companion. Like Terry Crews, what would your companion have been uh, for your characters, like Fenian and Porphyria? And Jamie. Mm. If I had a companion, uh, it would be my dog, Dexter, who I already have, and he would be in the room not making loud sounds while we record, and he would be a good boy. Is it weird? I feel like Melody would have a snake. No. No, I get that. Dig it. <laughs> Just like a ball python. I feel like 
Portia would have something that also scares her, so probably like a tarantula or something. <laughs> That's just like we'd all be like, Portia, why don't you just set it free? <laughs> like I can't. It's my beast. Feel too bad. Uh, why is it moving? <laughs> why is it would just moving? be that. Fenian, I feel like Fenian would have a cat, but he wouldn't do anything Aww. Fenian asked. He would just <laughs> constantly. Real. You guys remember? He would do whatever he wanted. You guys remember when we were podcasting and my cat threw up on my bed? <laughs> Fondly, I, I think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It was a good time. <laughs> I think about it because we took a break, and it took you so long uh-huh. to come back from that. I had to wash my sheets. It was so gross. I watched it. Michael is feeding Carrie Cruz right now. Carrie Cruz. Aww. Jamie, did you answer? I said Dexter, my dog that I have now. Dexterona. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, what's Melody's drink of choice is another one from Aaron. You know, I feel like we did have that, that apple wine. An even star. Like, I think that's the only drink I was like, Jamie, is it like, what's on the menu? Is it anything good? Give me like a cocktail craft list. I'm sure she loved that apple wine. I think it was an or apple Maybe all the champagne. And I think it was in the Whistling Woodlands. Yes. There's definitely apple teenies. Apple teenies. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. It was apple teenies. Probably one of the faves of the campaign. I feel like in general, Melody's like a tequila hoe, you know? Oh, yeah. One of those, oh. you know, she parties. Yeah, parties <laughs> hard with like you know gold tequila. <laughs> oh my god, Kristen Bell Very can also bad. play Melody. Oh my god, I would love Kristen, Kristen Bell, Bell would kill as Melody. Yeah, love that for her. Simultaneously, probably could play Portia too. She's so versatile. I can't believe you guys all of them from in there. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I like this is from Nicole. If you were stranded on an island, which character would you choose to help you survive? That's a good one. Oh Jesus! I love that. Fucking question. none of ours. None of the <laughs> player right? or Otto with his nature bonus, I guess. Yeah, but he'd be so smug about it. Like I definitely <laughs> would pick Otto. I think I would pick Fenny and. Yeah. Fenian, Melody would be a good companion. And so would Fenian. She'd just sing. Well, yeah. You did all the work. Yeah, play your instrument. Melody would keep your spirits Actually, up. I get Fenian. He's got a lot of magic. He can right. do a lot of helpful stuff. Yeah. He can turn into a fish and just <gasps> bring you somewhere That's else. That's so true. Yes. Yeah, like if or we can fly away, him. then Fenian for sure. That's true. <laughs> I guess this was an easy question. Portia would be no help. <laughs> Portia would be too afraid to talk to the person. Portia would draw circles in the sand and be like, look, it's donuts. <laughs> I make those. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> I do that. Oh, my God. Uh. Although, wait, if it was any of our characters, first and foremost would come like an hour of bitching about the fact that we're stranded on a desert island and the preservationists never got around to teaching us teleportation. That's Which so I'm true. still mad about. Yeah. Well, no, they taught us eventually. You, yeah, you learned it when you put Harmony together. Oh, okay, good. Remember? Because you kept popping into Fenian's classroom to oh, yeah. argue with his students. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> All right, oh. I want to pick one. Okay. This is one of Aaron's. If your characters had dating profiles, what would you put in your bio? Oh, God. Okay, first. Please like me. I... <laughs> <laughs> a picture Auto... of Portia holding a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Otto would be one of those guys with a picture of him holding a fish that gets roasted on Twitter for sure. <laughs> Portia would not have a good profile. <laughs> no. No, I was just say like you know in the office Michaels was like little kid lover. Oh no. It would be like along those lines. It'd be a lot of cringe. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's from the office. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Yeah, like oh, no. autos would probably have like a selfie in a dirty gym mirror. And like a picture of him holding a fish, <laughs> and like it would say like his religion in the bio, which is <laughs> whatever it is. His would definitely be like if you're less than a six, swipe left or something like that. <laughs> wow. Pterodactyl you're lover. Not wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like Melody would just slide a drink down a bar and wink and be like, what's your sign? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's her whole pickup method. Yeah, she has no time for a dating profile. She's busy. She doesn't need it. Yeah, she's busy. <laughs> she's, she's flirting. Busy. Flirting to get lower prices. Flirting with everyone. Yeah. The question is, like, how have you navigated playing virtually? Any tips? Does that mean, like... How we've done this, Virtually. like from our, yeah, when we switched to remote, I think it means I have no tips. <laughs> no. Don't do it. Is it. My tip. It's well, hard. I know that there's a lot of like, so it wouldn't be as hard for people who aren't recording a podcast. First of all, we could literally yeah. just FaceTime and it would be fine. But yeah, I think the let's question bring up the fact that it took us 45 minutes to start today. <laughs> <laughs> I think the question means more like uh, there's a lot of online tools for playing and do we use any of those? And the answer is no. We play over Google Hangouts. Everybody has oh. their own character sheets up. And if we're so yeah. kind, I will put a map in. And I basically, what I'll do is I'll just share a PDF or PNG of the map with everyone. And it has a, a key Drive. on it that I have the other side of. Yeah, if if you're so not like, recording, it's pretty. It, it's so simple. We've done it before. Yeah, well, we I know that there's the like, week. yeah, when we did Monsters of the Week, I it kind of left me wanting for something like that, like mm -hmm. because we didn't record that session. That was just for fun. Uh, there's like, I know there's uh, apps that you can sign up on together, like Roll Twenty and stuff, where you can share maps and you can have your little minis and you can move around the map yeah. together. And, like, I totally get the merit of that, but it never really was a problem for us to just have, like, a map and our imagination. No. It's true. Well, we're also yeah. a group that doesn't play with minis. Yeah. Like, we right. don't do physical representation of dungeons or towns or anything. Yeah. So I think that makes it easier to transition. If we had relied heavily on, like, grid maps and models i think this would have been a much different yeah like transition like even Which... even when we were still playing together the only time we ever aside from when we were playing the book the very first time we played 
The only time we ever had a map was I made a map of Everstar because it was such a vast city and I wanted you guys to have a visual. Yeah. I did love that map. That was a good one. I printed it out poster size. Pretty. I think that also goes back to like, like Jamie and I both first got introduced to D&D by listening to D&D podcasts. Yeah. So like. That's true. The like audio only format is really kind of like baseline for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And the very first D&D podcast that I had ever listened to was hardly a D&D podcast. Like they've rarely ever played. And that's what opened me up to like going in search of other actual more professional D&D podcasts where they really took it a little bit more seriously and actually played <laughs> narratively, you know? That happened. Yeah. That happened. Man, I wish that sweatshirt fit me. That's I think it was. <laughs> I think Steph had a question that was like, "What made you wanna?" Maybe it wasn't oh. her. Yeah. Oh, wait, what What, what made though, you start the... wanting to record broadcast your D and D experience? So that kind of oh, like leads... Jamie's idea. Yeah, I was like one hundred percent Jamie's. Jamie's idea. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm glad she suggested it. What made you guys want to do it with me, though? I kind of was just like, it was a soft suggest. I was like, I definitely want to play, but would you guys want to record it? Well, that was, I wanted to play D&D with everybody, mostly. And then it was like, should we make a podcast out of it? And I was like, hell yeah. Like, why mostly not? I just want to play D&D, <laughs> but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not cringy enough to ruin a podcast. Toss me in there. <laughs> And then yeah, it kind of so just like, I just kept taking it too far over and over again. And now <laughs> we're here. <laughs> and now we're here. Oh, and then I wrote 30 songs for this campaign. Love it. Love it or list it. Did I you use your to... ocarina? I didn't use my ocarina. Not once. Damn it. Damn. What, Mike? What do you want? I just wanted to make a podcast so that I could put Dragonborn jerk in my Twitter bio. Is it in your Twitter bio? <laughs> yeah, it's been in there for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. I love that. That's I funny. just wanted a reason to hang out with my friends. <laughs> I needed something else to put on my theater resume. <laughs> Is this Ooh. on your resume? No, absolutely not. Why not? It should it's be. technically voice acting. It should work. be. I should, I should put it on there. Oh, that's funny. I like that Allie. I like that Allie came into this just wanting to hang out with her friends, like not confident in like role playing or being in a podcast at all. And she's arguably the funniest person when we role play. Not even a competition. False. False. The funniest thing I've ever heard in my life was Melody going, "Gotta get that Victor Crumb D." Oh, and I stand by crumby it. Crumb. Because it came out of nowhere and she was slightly <laughs> sick when we recorded it. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. That fever really got to her. God. Oh yeah. Remember when we used to be able to record together even when oh. one of us had a cold? I miss it so oh, much. True. Remember when our lives weren't in danger? Mm. That was the other thing I wanted to say about transitioning to playing virtually. I feel like it's not not fun to play virtually. I just think it's a lot more fun to play in person. Yeah. I yeah. It kind of bums me out that the first session we had virtually was the Battle Bowl. Yeah. I would have loved to do at least the Battle Bowl in person. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was such like a high stakes, like very goofy kind of thing. And it was also hard to end it. Like we recorded the last bit of the campaign virtually too. So it would have been, it was fine. It was totally, but like to be together, I think probably would have. I still say we should just set up uh, four tables in the corners of the garage (laughs) and just be far Far, far Six apart from apart. each other with really long XLR cables and just record it in person. Honestly, yeah, I, at this point, yeah. we probably could do that. We could record with masks on. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I just want to keep you guys safe. Yeah, I would have I to give you guys day. an itemized disclosure of everyone that I came into contact with. Right. Yeah. That's in true. the two weeks before. I'd be like, I walked my dog and I saw a guy a block away. And... <laughs> don't know who he was. Can't vouch for him. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing well, another dog seemed like it was fine yeah, if we played six feet apart in the same room you know well that's so i love the idea of the four tables at separate corners let's fucking do we it can each have a table jamie you'll stand or sit in the middle <laughs> we'll build a rotating platform so you just spin yeah together four tables me and manda sharing one because we live together no, I don't like the symmetry of that. I think yeah. we should all have our own table. <laughs> and a like, star formation routine. around me. <laughs> the yes. the feng shui doesn't feel right. <laughs> Does not pass the vibe check. I think one of the... <laughs> this is a good, like... One of the biggest challenges was, like, getting everybody set up to record remote. Like, there was a big yeah. lapse in play time between stopping playing together and, like, starting playing remote because it was so hard to set everybody up to play remote yeah also jamie's latent gearhead tendencies came out in full force as soon as we started playing remote yeah we've gone through <laughs> many iterations of this setup it's a yeah, it's a family really curse have. you know so sorry i respect sorry, it. everyone <laughs> you should be on your final so interface sorry. No more interface swapping. Knock on wood. I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> I know. You should. Also, the, well, podca- the, the podcast audience doesn't know that Terry Crews ate a fucking XLR cable one week and ruined our lives. <laughs> Who could oh, forget? No. Who could forget? <laughs> How many interfaces have I went through? You've been through three. three. You're on your third, which you're actually on mine, my personal interface. Yeah. I bought myself a new one to replace the giant one that we were playing on before. Uh, and then I gave Mike and Manda the one that you had been using that start that actually sounded better than the first one you had because it has two inputs. Because mm-hmm. Allie, for a long time, listener, if you can't recall, sounded like she was talking to us underwater and through some tinfoil. <laughs> no, Jamie, you so always sorry. complained about it, but I never noticed it on the final product. It really wasn't that noticeable. Yeah, because she had 80 fucking multiband dynamics uh, filters on her. She had like six EQs and 20 gates. It was a nightmare. And I, I, I didn't believe her. I was just like, it sounds fine. And then I listened back and I was like, oh, she did a lot of work to that. Make it fine. <laughs> oh, my apologies to Jamie. Conversely, I have been through one, and it's been perfect the whole time. So I know, and I'm so stars. mad. I wish I could have bought three of those at the time, because yours ended up perfect. 
Thank you, Behringer Audio. Thank you, Behringer. God bless you. Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh Matt, God. you've had the least amount of like uh, in-room disruptions while recording remotely so far, I think. Yes, That's indeed. True. You had one like my... perfectly reasonable cat visit, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no throw my up cat... whatsoever. No, my cat hasn't thrown up in a while. Like it's pretty chill here over <laughs> at Casa like... del Rafala. <laughs> like Pod is currently just chewing on my foot. He's just like <laughs> gnawing on it. Like, why oh, do you man. think this is okay, dude? I don't let Dexter in my room because he just throws up all the time. Aww. It's his favorite Favorite idea. Favorite thing to do. I would have had more disturbances, but right when we started this, I put a cat door in my bedroom door (laughs) so my cat could come and go as he pleases. Ooh, it just brought brought the disruptions down tenfold. It's fucking amazing. (laughs) A cat door. It's really fun. Um here's another one from Aaron. Aaron sent us a hundred questions. I love her. Do you have any ride or die? Ride or die, right? Do you have any tips for those who are super beginners but interested in learning how to DM? I feel like here's the thing. We are still super beginners. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm still not qualified to give advice out, I don't think. Right? I feel and like I'm more of a beginner than I was when we started playing. <laughs> I feel like we're going to reset back to beginner status by the time we actually start playing the next campaign. Even when Next we took... campaign, we're actually going to know less than we knew yeah. going into this one. Even when also, we took like... long breaks, I was like, oh, I don't remember how to play. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know I anything. Would... I think as far as DMing goes, like, I hadn't even played D&D before we started playing, and I have only ever DM'd. I've played once in a one-shot. And I think the biggest thing... The biggest piece of suggestion I can give is buy a starter kit or an essentials kit and play the book. That's what we did. And that's what like solidified me being comfortable enough with the set of rules to a point where I could start writing a homebrew set in a D&D world with D&D rules. I think otherwise, like if we had started playing and I had just tried to homebrew, it wouldn't be D&D. Like there would be be nothing about it would be a playable game. So I think if you're still a super beginner and you want to try DMing, you should grab an essentials kit and uh, play that book because it's a good one. Yeah. Also, listen to a bunch of actual play podcasts, Mm -hmm. Mm. like not just one because every group plays a little bit differently. Mm. And also listen to Master Manual. Oh, yeah. Master Manual with uh, I listened. I listened to half of master manual before we even started playing with uh spencer oh, I thought you didn't get to and it. yeah who was the other guy conan cohen, cohen. yeah that's good because that's a that's just a podcast about dming um but mike's right like Love every that. every group plays different every dm dms different like even if you listen at other actual play podcasts sometimes they'll skip around and different members will dm different parts of the stories so, like, you get a taste of everyone's style. There's no such thing as one way to DM. There's also so many, like, there's podcasts. There's so many resources. Even mm. just Googling things, it's super easy to figure things out. And I would yeah. say as far as playing goes is fill out a character sheet and get comfortable with your character and, like, yeah. their stats and just, like, start slow. Like, I remember we made, I needed help filling out the character sheet. 
But then I kind of got more comfortable with it the more I read through it and, like, digested what all the things meant and all in that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you guys... Here's one from Nicole. Do you have a favorite episode or significant point in the story? I liked when, um... Oh, my God. The Supreme Heat. And we were all... What was the moment where we all had our individual, like... I don't know what to call it. Oh, yeah. Um, like, we flashbacks. had, like, our flashbacks. Yes. I oh. thought that was really cool and interesting. Yeah. In that so same vein, crazy. I loved, like, before that when we decided we weren't going to fight the Supreme Heat. Like, we, we were, were like, can we not fight her? I kind of love her. But we were, like, so on edge and, like, yeah, we were, we're like, ready to it fight. It feels like but... we have to fight her to get the amulet, but... Like, nah. She was like, no, you could have it. That's okay. I couldn't tell that you guys were so on edge until I re-listened to the podcast while I was editing it. I was I didn't so know. ready. Yeah, I didn't know that you guys were anxious that whole time. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to fight her. I have no spell slots, and also she seems really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I want to keep it in character, but also not fight, because we always just end up fighting like idiots, you know? Right. But that is kind of auto. He's an idiot. <laughs> I personally loved Fenian A. Fenian at law. That was probably <laughs> Fenian F. Fenian Esquire. Fenny F. Yeah. That's the spinoff. That's campaign two. I love that. <laughs> it was good. Oh my God. I died. Needed it. That was in. The jail, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Trying to talk to Franny. Fanny I put on a, I, I put on a lot of weird fake names for this. I don't know why. <laughs> but the FBI jacket as well. <laughs> the FBI cloak of many fashions. You're right. Oh, man. Uh, you guys went through a lot of, like, fake uh, organizations like that. Like, you were fantasy FEMA at one point, too. Oh, oh yeah. during the we whistling were the preservationists, yeah. but backwards. Oh, we were fighting the press. <laughs> yeah, I forget. Remember when we wasted like 35 minutes trying to say preservationists <laughs> backwards? Impossible. <laughs> Shit is the verb. Verb. Persephrase nab. <laughs> and we never did a good job of it either. Uh, it was funny. It was always funny. Uh, this one's from Steph. It says, if you were to provide a fun fact about your character that was not presented in the podcast, what would it be? Melody's left-handed. <laughs> I don't know. I wrote, this is like a classic D&D blunder, but I wrote, a really dark backstory for Otto and then immediately didn't want to play a dark brooding character all the time. So I made him a hilarious idiot instead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Otto was like a religious extremist before the campaign. So there's that, you know? So there's that. It was never mentioned, but I always imagined Fenian wore some kind of shapewear under his shirt, <laughs> under his like under his clothes, like like a girdle or a corset or something. 
He could have magicked his body into any shape he wanted. Yeah, it's easier when you just do it manually, though. Force you don't have habit. to think about it. Girdle. <laughs> Girdle. Portia has an ass tattoo. It's a heart. <laughs> I love that. What does it say? It never came Can't up just in throw the podcast. That it never came up. What do you know about that? It's so a heart. weird. Is that what you said? my character sheet. It's a heart. <laughs> I would think it would be a donut. <gasps> oh. <laughs> god damn it it's a heart but it has sprinkles on it yes oh i love that a boston cream heart <laughs> <laughs> that sentence grossed me out i don't know why You're welcome. It, felt, and it, it says eat out more often ah! <laughs> oh god next time we get together in person i'm bringing you heart-shaped donuts please do horrifying you know i love this one from aaron uh how low was portia's charisma and what was your favorite <laughs> awkward encounter with an npc oh so i know portia's charisma was a five. Oh, <laughs> and with a negative modifier it was negative three right negative yeah, three. i think it's negative three so i there was so many moments that I loved. <laughs> like I loved your relationship with Cal. Yeah. <laughs> Just yes. the try hard. Like there was one part when we were talking to Finley and you guys were talking to her and I was staying silent and all of a sudden I myself just went, Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not talking and Mike was like, Portia said that. <laughs> And I <laughs> and I really loved that moment. And of course, when I first met Tooth, oh, that's a classic. Like, oh, that's there? mine. Portia. Portia. I don't know why I said that. Well, that was like a character-defining moment. It Portia was, took yeah. over your body right there. Yeah, that was Portia. That was Portia. She lives in me, and that's what she wanted to say. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I really loved that we, as a group, took our uncharismatic uh, group member and just like became very protective of them, as opposed to the usual trope of like, shut up, Hating Jerry, them. like yeah. a Parks and Rec kind of <laughs> vibe. So true. I know. Melody and I were BFFs. I was ready on. to kill Tooth. Yeah, I threw Tooth under the bus. Ride or die. Yeah. I felt like Ugh. I felt like at points you played it very timid the way you were like kind of uncharismatic. And then at the very end when you were like, Sisbiv, get out here, you weirdo. Give me my Gucci belt. God. <laughs> you really leaned into it there by the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. this one's this one's from me. What was the most surprising thing that I wrote or incorporated that you guys encountered that you like did not see coming? Asian's brother. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I felt like I don't think there were really any hints dropped about like a secret evil twin. The only conversation you ever had was at the very beginning, Morgana mentioned that he started the preservationists when he found the temple in search of the thing that killed his brother. Like his brother was dead, he was certain of it. Oh yeah. Which I, oh, I noted on the re listen, but then I had already slipped my mind again 
Honestly, I loved when we came back from whichever arc and Ander showed Otto the fountain that he had found. I thought that was good planting and payoff, and I was just like, what is going on here? What is he trying to show him? It was a fountain. That was sick. The surprise roller derby. Yeah, that's a good one. Didn't see that one coming. Man, I had that one in my back pocket for months. It was so worth the wait. I was oh, it made me so happy. And I was at the house that day. So like after we played D&D, it took me like half an hour to like walk around and like collect all of like the puppies toys and stuff and like get ready to leave. And as I was getting ready to let you guys, all three of you had already left and Jamie was just following me around the house chanting, Robot Roller Derby, Robot Roller Derby. I was so excited. I love that. Oh, that was a fun oh. one. I got to say my favorite one to spring on you was definitely uh, Gucci. Gucci! Oh. <laughs> that also was good. Which was not I... pre-planned. But loved that. Yeah, it was necessary by the end. By the end, I felt I felt like if I could, if I didn't incorporate it, the campaign couldn't end. <laughs> it was a loose thread. Yeah. Shit, I just had I had an answer to that, but your guys' good answers distracted me and I forgot it. <laughs> when we were fighting Ula, and she, uh, it was like the stare of death. What was it on Melody or tried oh, to? Yeah. That was also a oh yeah. Oh, or the second stage boss battle with Ula, where the black thing separates and like oh, helps yeah. her, like the black goop. Sick. The black goop got her. Honestly, when we, um, this is like super meta gaming, but when we were at the party and in Evenstar and. We, Everstar. Everstar. And we started uh, sneaking around the castle, like, looking for stuff. Um, I just didn't expect us to find anything. I was like, no, this is a waste of time. We should be at the party. Like, that's where Jamie has set up all of her stuff. I was just, like, fully assuming based on, like, knowing you and, like, I don't know. I just, like, had it in my head that we weren't going to find anything. And then we started finding all kinds of shit. And I was like, oh, damn, what do I know? Kind of yeah, like a bus boy that you tied up and put under a bed with the Fenian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he had to rat guys. out of there. Uh, someone asked me, Kim asked for the DM, what was the biggest surprise to you and how the players handled the situation? Um, Definitely war crimes, first off, right mm. off the bat. Um, <laughs> how dare you? When you figured out that we were like chaotic neutral i don't know what you would call that that Not feels like good. chaotic evil <laughs> yeah it might have been chaotic evil we touched chaotic evil we definitely touched it well but also after you met creation like really met creation in the spring and you guys were talking about like leaving a note and ditching gucci that really surprised me <laughs> yeah that's oh, right yeah. that was too funny in the re-listen of just like you're like, you're going to leave a note? You think that's going to work? First it just really, so like, yeah, it'll be fine. It really surprised note. me that that was your first thing that you started doubting Morgana. I felt like I had given you this, like, kind of pole to lean on. This, like, I felt like I gave you this sort of foundation to 
always come back to and you started doubting her much that we like didn't trust her i think it was like more so we didn't want anyone to get hurt right i feel like that was my intention of trying to leave a note it was like oh like i don't want to risk any of our friends like let's just leave them a note and tell them that we've gone to take care of things right yeah Yeah. so you wonder where we are i did expect demigods now yeah i did expect morgana to betray us somehow earlier on but when by the time we separated into gucci i was like okay we're on the same team yeah yeah well i I was just like oh this lady's too nice like there's no way that she doesn't have some skeletons in the closet right also matt burning down the origin tree was a surprise to me oh yeah oh yeah did I burn it down? Yeah, you used like fireball at the end, and that that was the killing blow. Burn it all down. Yeah, but the elves weren't upset about it, so whatevs. They're fine. <laughs> they were fine. You don't know. You never went back. Yeah, we did. No, Portia did. I apologized get... for it. You're right. I felt bad. Well, Portia went to Everstar, didn't you? Where Tooth was. She did. She went to yeah, well. She went. Right. She went and got her Pegasus, and then she went to Everstar to apologize to Tooth. Oh, true. Keebler. <laughs> Wheat. That's one of the questions from Aaron. Is how did you come up with the NPC names? Ninety uh, percent of them, top of my noggin. Just came right out of my ass. Sisbiv came out of my ass. Uh, <laughs> Maurice and Fonti, I had written. Like, there were some where, like, if they were really important, I had written them, but then others that just, like, sort of came along, I just sort of said a sound, and that became their name. (laughs) Um, I think the only time where I kind of prepped a list of names to choose from was when you were in the uh, Whistling Woods, because I wanted to have more elven-sounding names. So like you mean Weepin and Keebler and those weren't all things? No, those were not on a list. Those just sort of (laughs) happened. You were there for that. But, like, the elven names, like, Hischian and Oriana, like, those were all, like, just, I pulled them from a list of elven-sounding names that I had prepped. But otherwise, I just made them all up. And Toothrain? Toothrain. No, Toothrain was prepped. I knew he was going to be Tooth. I loved Tooth. Tooth. The characters that I, like, really, really prepped were definitely Tooth, um, Roscoe. <clears throat> um, I want to say yeah, Morgana. Anything with Roscoe? I loved Roscoe. Roscoe was one of my faves. Uh, and that was mostly much I loved it. that voice for Roscoe. <laughs> Roscoe was funny. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any questions for me? If you could play one of our characters, which one would you choose? Ooh. Ooh. I feel like I would want to play Portia because I would want to do real rogue shit. Yeah, that's very <laughs> Like, true. I would want to do some sneaking and some breaking in and some sneak attacks. I'm listening to but like, I'm listening to a show right now where they have a rogue and he's a really good rogue. Yeah, I feel like, like when I he hides into a rogue. Like play. <laughs> when he hides, he rolls like a 26 or higher. He just disappears. Bye. Bye. That's 
Next campaign, I'm playing a rogue specifically because I was like, that seems fun as shit. Right. So I'm getting in on that. Yeah. Did you enjoy DMing? I did a lot more than I thought I would. I was nervous that I was going to miss out on playing and like not have as much fun because I had to keep track of everything. But I think I had a significant amount of fun storytelling and like mm. taking your decisions on a whim and like doing with them what I had to, given the information that I had written down. So I liked it a lot. I'm ready. I'm excited to do it again. Do it all over. I liked this question from Eric or from Aaron. That was, what would your characters be doing in a pandemic? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, Melody would not be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Just singing so sick. <laughs> She'd have the Rona. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Otto would be camping. Like, you know? Yeah. Get away from it all, baby. Get out there in that wilderness. Portia would have put the kingdom on lockdown. So I don't think anyone would really be infected, and she'd be so happy everyone was stuck inside with her. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be fine. I love the idea that Portia overthrew her parents like <laughs> patriarchy and is the ruler of Duncan. It's so good. I'm a demigod. <laughs> I you can't it. say no to me. What about Fenian? Uh, Fenian would be... I don't know. I think Fenian would be poring over his books looking for a cure and he would not have gotten any closer in the past six months. <laughs> Yeah. Benny uh, and Fauci, MD. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, Nicole asked, what are your future hopes and plans for the podcast? This one's kind of a good segue. We actually uh, already recorded a one-shot to go between this season and season two. So we're going to take a little two-week break after this episode. And then the one shot will start rolling out. There'll probably be about three or four episodes of that. Uh, and then we're going to take another uh, undefined break before we start season two. But Matt actually DM'd the one shot. Yeah. Killed it. Killed. It was, it was so really fun. fun. It was so much fun. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Matt, do you want to give a little baby synopsis? Do you want Unless you don't want to give anything away. No, I mean... Four weirdos venture into a uh, heavily haunted house. And then some spooky shit ensues. <laughs> it was Basically Luigi's Mansion. It was significantly spooky. There were times when I was really spooked. Yay! I was freaked. Yeah, same. I was. That makes me really happy. It was good. I'm excited. So look forward to now that. Now I'm only ever going to be able to DM scary haunted house stuff. <laughs> no. Oops. <laughs> no, you could do other stuff. I good. love that. I hope our characters come back for more haunted houses. Yeah, I did love those characters. They yes, were fun. that'd be fun. The, you guys had excellent characters. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I miss my one-shot character. It's true. Me too. I do. I loved your guys' one-shot characters. They were a funny little group. <laughs> Matt, do you feel like... I've mentioned this like twice to Jamie. Like, Do you feel like since you DM'd it, it's weird that you're not editing the audio? Like, I kept... I don't know. For some reason in my head, those two just go hand in hand. No, I trust Jamie. 
I have absolutely zero audio production experience, and <laughs> I feel like this is not the time to start. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it wouldn't work if it wasn't a one-shot. Like, I don't think... You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I like, agree. You couldn't have someone else edit a long campaign because they wouldn't know what they can and can't. Right. Yeah. Out. Like, if we switched if we switched back to that world for, like, a full campaign, I think we would have to switch. Like, Matt would have to start doing the editing because of... And, yeah. Like, but Matt wrote the opening music for the one-shot, too. So... Yeah. Definitely got a heavy hand in it. Hell yeah. It's pretty spooky. I'm excited for that to come out. I'm excited for people to hear it. I'm excited to take a break. <laughs> you deserve it. I, bet. I need a break. I wrote, let me see. Hold on. I got to pull it up because I still look at it and it still baffles me. For the Harmony campaign, I wrote... I can't find the thing. It was about 30-something songs. And, uh, yeah, that took me a long fucking time. I'm trying to decide if I want to, like, convert it to, like, an album and put it on Bandcamp or not. Like, if it's worth. You should. You think so? Yeah. I love that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is kind of super self-indulgent for me, but what was your guys' favorite, uh, like, musical cue in the podcast? Um, way back when the the post-credit scene where like the light escapes from the harmony chamber. True. And that was like Jamie testing us to make sure we were all listening to the podcast because it wasn't in the actual session; it was a postscript. <laughs> yup. That one. <laughs> I really liked the desert music, or not desert wasteland music. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I did wasteland. love the wasteland music. <laughs> I feel like I liked the creepy music leading up to the the tree battle. Mm. Spooky, very spooky. spooky. I mean, I you can probably tell. Obviously, my favorites were the battle bowls. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, those were good. Those are uncompromised. Those are so good. I loved those ones. Those ones, and uh, Matt and I co-wrote the Two Armies one where uh, Omission raises their army and then Creation raises their army. And that's one of my absolute favorites. I did. I loved when uh, Creation raised the army, and it was just like, it felt like the Kill Bill moment where it's like, boop. Boop, 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 and like the crazy 88s <laughs> are surrounding her. Like yes. that's kind of how I felt. I loved that. Iconic. That was fun for me. I liked co-writing. Co Matt and I collaborated on that one. We did the harmony theme together. Like when when you guys put harmony back together in that chamber, we did that one together. Um, we did another one together, didn't we? We did creation and omission together, but I finished those without you. Yeah. It was, it was fun. fun. Working on the music was cool. The music was fun. gonna do 
I already miss your characters, you guys. I don't oh, want to say goodbye too. to her. We did. We I really did wanted to get Otto all the way to twenty. Deserved it. You were already a demigod. Yeah, that's true. I will say, as my as sad as I am to see Fenian go, I'm so excited to play my character for next campaign. I can't wait. Uh, true. I can't wait. I, I think we're gonna have like building off of the characters we just had. I think our group is gonna be unbelievably fun next time. I can't wait. Heck yeah. I can't wait to play a character where I'm more certain that the character's shitty personality traits aren't just my actual personality. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be Amazing. sure? I'll never be sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we close it out on one last question? Sure. Who wants to pick? I have a question. Mm-hmm. It's from my aunt, who has never played or listened to our <laughs> podcast before. This is a good one to send it out on. Cracked me up. <laughs> her question was, are there actually Dungeons and Dragons, and have you encountered those? <laughs> the answer, yeah. Anna, is yes. We beat a dragon once. We did. It's and then I kept its severed body parts. For months and then a Jamie long was like, time. After a, you, you made a ten-year-old have a dragon dick in your out. bag. Yeah. I guess would you consider the dungeon in Everstar to be like a dungeon? I guess so. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like that's would, how we. I'd say the Everstar surfing. mines were dungeon-esque. There were some booby traps. The the it thing was like is, a jail like area underneath yeah. the castle that we like went yeah. to to get to the mines. Yeah. The thing that sucks, though, is that the dragon fight is not memorialized. We don't have that audio. Oh, I know. I, know. I wish I could listen to that again, but I Breaks still my fun. heart. We did have fun. So we could listen to Fenian single-handedly take down a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Portia got, like, two hit points of damage. Done. <laughs> when Fenian literally almost died. True. I did. You're right. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was close. Anyway, thank you for listening to our podcast. We love it. Thanks. We love it. We'll see you in two weeks with a one shot, baby. I hope you like it. It was very fun to play. It'll be fun to listen to. All right. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, it's your DM, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening to this Table Talk uh, post-Harmony. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you didn't jump into it and immediately receive a bunch of spoilers. Um, But we loved playing this campaign, and I loved making it into a podcast for you. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for sticking through it. And um, I hope you're looking forward to everything we have coming up in the future. Like we said in the podcast, we did uh, record a one shot that Matt DM'd. It was very fun. It's also in the D&D rules set. um, And that will be coming out uh, after two weeks. So we're going to take a two week break. And then the following Monday, that will go up. Uh, Keep an eye on our Twitter and Instagram for more information about that. And then that'll be about three or four episodes long. It was a pretty long session. And uh, after that, we're going to take another break. Not quite sure how long, but not too long. We don't want to keep you waiting. Um, Just to give me a little more time to uh, 
write the rest of the next campaign uh, to a point where we can play it and then actually play it and get it ready to listen to. Um, We have so much fun making this podcast, but uh, we have even more fun just being able to play D&D together and I hope that you're enjoying that kind of relaxed setting where we're just a bunch of friends at a table uh, making jokes. Um, Never in a million years could I have imagined that we would get any response to this podcast, let alone the uh, pretty great one we've gotten so far. So I just want to say thank you so much for that and um, I hope you'll keep an eye on us in the future. We are on Twitter and Instagram as AadventureCast. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever it is you get your favorite podcasts. We are on a lot of platforms. I think now is a great time to suggest the podcast to your friends and family because we've got a full campaign to listen to. Uh, You can go straight beginning to end and um, don't have to wait for episodes to come out. And they've got a few weeks to listen to it before we have any new content coming out. So I hope you'll consider doing that. I hope you will stick with us in the future. And I really super look forward to you hearing everything we've got for you. Thank you guys so much. And as always, friends, I will catch you in the next one. Bye.